Welcome to Round Hill Radio. Through our conversations, we discover the holy and the ordinary, look for moments of grace and peace, redefine what we're talking about. We talk about faith. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Leslie. Here we are again, friends. Yes, we are looking for moments of grace and peace. We very much. I felt a new energy when I was saying that today. I was like, oh, we're, we're looking today. Yeah. We are looking for them. Um, our our video viewers will notice that we are not in our, our beloved studio. We are in our respective houses. <laughs> we are. That's because one of us, that being me, uh, has had an exposure to COVID. So being on the extra cautious side, I am doing this from home and, uh, you know, to the accompaniment of my little dog, Dot, uh, who may be... <laughs> audible from time to time. She's not very happy that she's not part of this uh, adventure, but there we are. I mean, I feel like she would make a great podcast guest. Oh, yes. Lots of good energy, lots of good enthusiasm. Yeah, Dick everyone Chen would need to get some... a hearing test after they... Uh... <laughs> Her bark is really a shrill masterpiece. <laughs> for, a little, for such a little creature, she can make a big sound. She can. And I, I respect that. I do. Yep. Um, what are we talking about today, Ed? Well, you know, we're right on the cusp of a transition. Okay. We have had, we are two months into our experience of exploring this theme, What Matters Most. Mm -hmm. Our idea from the inception was to take a look at this theme through the lenses of 12 different virtues. So we started off with imagination we then, uh, technically, we're still, of course, in the month of October, so we're exploring the virtue of generosity, but we're, we're going to be making a transition into November where we explore the theme of gratitude. And there's an obvious link there with the holiday of Thanksgiving coming up, but just because oftentimes gratitude is connected with the autumn, I think, in New England especially, it just seems like it all sort of moves together. So part of what I want to lift up is the fact that we have been doing this for two months and we're staying on course. And I, I was thinking last night, Leslie, that I uh, just want to pause for a moment over the theme of what matters most. I think that, that this sounds on the one hand like such an incredibly obvious, maybe even cliched thing to do these days. You know, everybody wants to be thinking about what is a life... Well, let me back that up by saying... You know, there are many opportunities to think about what is a life worth living? What does matter most? Um, Simon Sinek, you know, wrote a wonderful little book about find your why. And the interesting thing is I'm not sure we're, we're really paying attention to all these invitations, right? So it sounds like an obvious thing to do, but are we really doing it? Are we really digging in? And we mean to dig into it at Round Hill Community Church. And we, we're going to stay with this because I think once you are clear about the why, and once we have a sense of purpose, a lot of other things fall behind it. And I don't know, just my last little thought by way of intro, and I'm going to turn it back to you. But I think what uh, my tendency is at times in my life when I'm feeling adrift and I would confess that I've been feeling a little bit adrift for a while because of the the sense that we're still coming out of COVID and in the church, we're still trying to figure out, you know, exactly how we want to proceed going into the future. It's getting clearer, but we're still, you know, when I'm adrift, I tend to kind of reach out for a lot of, a lot of things to do. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. I'm going to try this. Instead of constantly coming back patiently with resilience to the question, what is my purpose? What is the why? 
And um, I think we found a sense of that early on in um, the month of September when we talked about this phrase that Jesus used, probably the first sermon that he ever delivered, very brief, uh, seek first the kingdom of God. So what is that? That would be enough right there to kind of propel us forward, to keep exploring that. So that would be one example of how I'm keeping the theme of what matters most right in front of me now and going forward. What does he mean by that? You know, Martin Luther King Jr. loved to talk about the beloved community. And he always referred to that as a, in a global sense, he used to call it the world household. You know, everybody living in the world household. So anyway, that's how I am this morning. No, I like that because I think um, last week on the podcast, we were discussing about aligning our generosity, our efforts with what matters most to us. And I feel like we didn't, we didn't actually make it the full, full connection to the whole series, the whole theme, the whole broad idea that we're looking at. And that really connection to your center, or actually, as a friend and I were discussing it, to your foundation. Um, I had someone ask me recently, um, you know, like you're doing all these things with the church, you're doing your music, you're doing the technology, and you're doing this and this and this and this and this and this and that. A, do you wish you were just doing one thing? And the answer is a resounding no, because <laughs> that is so far from my personality. But like, what was the main thing? And to me, it was such a clear answer because I have had time over the years to reflect on this, that to me, if I'm not doing music, then, then all bets are off. Then, then I'm not, that is my foundational, that's foundational to my being, to my calling and all the other stuff is like on top of it. But if I'm not a musician and a sacred one, um, that I'm not living, I, I don't have what matters most to me and what it feels like it matters most in the thing I'm doing outward looking. Um, and I think, I think a lot of people, especially through the upheaval of COVID have been trying to find what matters most find trying to find their foundational element. You know, we bring it back to Sesame street once again, you know, they've been doing a lot of work with the three little piggies and the big bad wolf. And if, you know, building your house from solid material, having that foundational, I know there's a parable about building your house on sand. It's the three little pigs again. Um, but it's that idea that you're you're creating something that has a strong base, a strong center. And so I think it's, you know, yeah, a lot of people have been giving the invitation to explore it. But I think I think there's something both broad and very specific about the way you and the board of trustees have designed this because it's like really easily accessible. It's very like what matters most, <laughs> you know, you're saying it plainly. I get what you're saying. We're not being cute about it. Um, and then we're looking at all the different ways that we can connect to that as a part of our being of our lives of our purpose of our calling yeah i love that well and i think when uh one thought it suggests to me is that even if our focus your focus is that uh sense of music of being involved in music and participating and leading it 
there may be many other things you're doing in your life that um, might be even more engaging at any one given time. But that foundation always remains the same. You know, in terms of the percentage of time it takes during the week, it may not be the biggest percentage, but if it's not there, everything else, you know, can kind of feel like it's falling apart, right? Or not. Yeah, so as- sometimes I could feel a, very much a drift. Like there was a period of point, there was a point in my life where I was actually doing very, very little music. It was actually baking professionally. Wow. And I there were parts of it I enjoyed. There were parts I found very fulfilling. But I felt so disconnected yeah. from my sense of self. I felt yep. so... <laughs> I lo- felt like I was living someone else's life is the best mm-hmm. way I could explain it. It didn't feel like me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was such an... I'm grateful for that experience because it really reinforced like what I need to do you know, versus what I want to do. And sometimes there's stuff you just need for your own identity. Is sure. that Does that make sense in a way? I don't know. Have you had experience, any experiences like that before? Or? Well, I think, um, yes. And I, I think, as I would say, you know, as I said a little earlier, I'd say right now the underlying purpose of this sense of how, how do I participate? What can I do to make a difference in this sense of the, to be a force for good, to, to encourage the search for beloved community, to advance the kingdom of God. That's like this thread that's always running through. And um, if I lose touch with that thread, then I really feel like I'm drifting for sure. And the, so, but going back to your comment, you know, if I feel like that's in place, there might be other things that I'm doing that are taking more time, more on the creative side, perhaps. And yet, um, Everything feels like it's working harmoniously if that piece is, you know, in place. So I would say in some ways, you know, I'm, um, I'm still searching a little bit um, for the, the one best expression for me. I guess that's the way to put it in terms of my engagement in the kingdom of God. But the, the underlying thing is keep searching, keep looking, keep listening, you know, wait for it patiently. And, um, you know, as you know, we've got this book study coming up by... Rachel um, Naomi Remen called Kitchen Table Wisdom. And she's, she's, you know, the book is all about the work that she has done with cancer patients over the years. And um, many of whom, even if the prognosis is very, very grim, they continue to have time to understand what, what they can be doing with their lives that's purposeful and meaningful. And, uh, but for others, you know, there, there can be a time of recovery and healing and she says that what's common to all, though, is having that patience, that waiting to see what is it that my spirit is calling to me at this time to do, uh, to give me that deepest, deepest sense of purpose. And so uh, it seems like across the board, this is an important human question. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And we also invite you to join us for that for that book club. There's still time to read it. Yes, I'm- I'm I'm banking on that fact because it is currently sitting on my kitchen table, um, just just inviting me to open it. <laughs> so I have not yet. Um, so on November seventh at seven p.m., I'm going to uh, open it. Uh, we will be having a Zoom uh, edition of our book club. We're going to have it in person on the fifth. Uh, on Sunday, um, but we invite one all everybody from anywhere on November 7th at 7 p.m. Eastern 
to join us. The link for that, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put it in this podcast and I'll put it in next week's podcast video link. I'll put the link for the Zoom there for anyone who wants to join. It's really going to be open to all people, all walks of life, all geographical locations. So we invite you to that. There's still time to read it because I'm going to figure out how to read it. So <laughs> there's still time to participate. The beautiful thing about this book is that if you just take time even to dip into a chapter here and there, it's beautiful because every chapter is kind of self-contained, not completely, but somewhat self-contained. And so <clears throat> that could be a good way of just dipping in here and there. I'm, I'm letting you off the hook here. You know? <laughs> and it, I think it's one of these books that you really can just take a little bit now and again, because every chapter is only about two or three pages long. And I think um, I, I'm, I want to quote one part out of the book, actually, as a response to your question earlier, you know, this thing we're thinking about, what, what's the foundation, what's necessary? And I think part of what she the thread that runs through her book is um, this human need to kind of constantly keep before us, like, who am I in the big picture? You know, so sometimes we can get lost in the smaller picture. We can think that our our range of influence is too small to make a difference. And she constantly says that's not true. The, the question to keep in mind from her perspective is, again, how do we see ourselves in that bigger picture? And, and how does that change the way we feel about our purpose? And she has a, a beautiful little story here. It's from an Italian psychiatrist, Roberto Asagioli. And um, he imagines that he's interviewing three stonecutters who are working on a cathedral in 14th century Italy. So it's a wonderful little exercise in imagination. And he, so he interviews the first stonecutter. And uh, asks him what he's doing. And the man replies with bitterness that he is cutting stones into blocks, a foot by a foot by three quarters of a foot. With frustration, he describes a life in which he has done this over and over and over and will continue to do so until he dies. That's interview number one. The second stone cutter is also cutting stones into blocks, a foot by a foot by three quarters of a foot, but he replies in a somewhat different way. With warmth, he tells the interviewer that he is earning a living for his beloved family. Through this work, his children have clothes and food to grow strong. He and his wife have a home which they have filled with love. But it is the third man, she says, whose response gives us pause. In a joyous voice, he tells us of the privilege of participating in the building of this great cathedral, so strong that it will stand as a holy lighthouse for a thousand years. So these three very, very different perspectives. Uh, one person just really struggling, almost unable to see any impact beyond just the physical physicality of it, of this very difficult work, right? But the last person seeing just the the ageless kind of impact that this can make. And, and the person in the middle really also amazing, you know, able to see the impact for him and his family. So again, it, it, when you get back to that question of what matters most, here are people who are all answering that question in a slightly different way. And mm -hmm. I think it prompts me to think, so how do I see my work in that mm -hmm. sense? Yeah, I can, I, I'm fascinated by this story because my first question is, those three people is the first stone cutter 
does he would, would I'm trying to figure out would the best thing for him be a change of career right. or a change of or a change of mindset? Mm-hmm. And I don't like which one is it? Because I mean, yeah, or is it he's just so fundamentally unaligned with what he should be doing with his his one imp- precious life, or is it is he really just not approaching it from a uh, that mindset of the third? Yeah, uh, so or even the second one. Sure. I think that's a great question because in some cases there may not be a choice, right? It may not, this may be it. It might be the only employment, you know, that's, that's all there is going. And in that sense, being helped to see his impact, like the third, the second or the third stone cutter could make a significant difference. Might not make him happy. And actually in this book, um, Rachel Naomi Remen pretty consistently says that happiness is not a great measure of purposefulness um, because it's too it's too fleeting right and it depends on it it, it, it can it, it's very difficult to manufacture all the time we may try to do so but if you have a sense of purpose then in some ways you don't always need to feel good about it and the question is can you still trust it and i think that's what the first person you know, really may not be able to do or may have a hard time doing is trusting that it's part of that that larger purpose. The third person, in a sense, is the one who I suppose you could say has the most faith because he's the one who sees this thing as still standing a thousand years down the road and that people a thousand years down the road are still going to appreciate that it's there, right? But there's the immediacy for the second person who really sees the direct impact on his family. So I think it's fun to, as you're doing, which is to play with these different scenarios and to ask how could each of them benefit from the other's perspective a little bit. Yeah, and I like that it's that comment on happiness because sometimes I feel like you know when we're searching for happiness, I feel like sometimes we're searching for like kind of a Disney movie life, you know, where you're like frolicking through the woods and there's like butterflies and birds singing around your head. <laughs> Uh, but you know these these other terms of of satisfaction of meaning of purpose feels a little more tied to reality, but also um, really can make up what feels like a happy life. You know that makes that builds something um, more meaningful potentially overall. That idea of impact I think is very interesting too. That um, you know that that third stonecutter was seeing the impact of his work. And I, I really like that. I, I reflect on, um, so we had a very interesting day yesterday in church on Sunday, uh, because you were not available. Our wonderful pastor. Yes. Our pastor for spiritual development was developing the spirituality of a fantastic group in they're in Caminos. They're walking the Camino in Spain right now. As is the way we were all laughing pretty hard about all the whole thing. So we had um, we had two of our wonderful lay leaders, Nancy and uh, Leslie. We, there's a number of Leslies at this church, which was always cracking me up. Um, and so we had a we had a little it was sort of a panel discussion, I guess, if it's two people um, about about this theme, about purpose, about generosity and gratitude, and all the things wonderful things happening in our community and. I was struck by the fact, so Nancy lifted up the current vision statement and mission statement um, that has been kind of revised and I would almost say distilled. They're both 
quite short, which I big fan. Um, and they both are really, really clear about honoring, loving, and caring for creation. And to me, that felt like such a charge and such a purpose statement for us as a community um, that I found that, I mean, they were really like creation, <laughs> neon letters. Um, so I'm excited to see how how all of this, I think, ties to this kind of fundamental underlying concept of maybe what matters most to us right now is being impactful about reversing the damage done to our planet. Mm -hmm. Just a thought there, because I think it sort of ties in a little bit with the stonecutter's plight, you know, especially the first one. Right now, I, the reason, of course, we wove creation care into that vision and mission statement because it's unavoidable. You know, the, the inevitable has become unavoidable. So the truth is, though, a lot of us might say that that's not the thing that matters, mo that doesn't feel like it matters most to us. We've got other things in our lives, right, that feel like they matter most. There may come times in a person's life, a community, a nation, or a global community where what matters most as the, let's say, the urgency of creation overrides everything else. Basically something that says to us, unless you pay attention to this big issue, all the other issues are not going to matter in the long run, right? It's at that level of urgency. And that runs against the grain of the way that many of us, you know, have been raised in this country, which is always to kind of put our first, you know, our ourselves first, quite often our own dreams first. Now it's actually putting the dream of the creation first and everything else has to come behind that. And when there are times of conflict in the world or natural disaster, all the many of the things that matter most to us in, as individuals have to take a second place or a third place uh, because we've got something bigger in front of us. And I think that's what those statements are trying to say in a way, which is that this is the thing that has to matter most to us going forward. Yeah, I, uh, I was chuckling the other day because I saw an Instagram post where uh, you know, a lot of times when we talk about creation care or climate justice, you know, there's there's often a comment of like, what am I as one person going to do? And it said, the, the post said, but I'm just one person, said 7 billion people. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. But it, to me, it's like, it's really clarifying the global, like, what if yeah. even 1 billion people were like, enough. Enough already, <laughs> right? You know? Oh, it was fat. I thought that would that was just clarifying in such a kind of brutal way. Yeah, <laughs> that's just a... one person said every single person. <laughs> that's a great statement. Really great. <laughs> but I'm, you know, I'm so encouraged by the work, you know, the work you're doing and and the work that's starting and ongoing in our community. I'm excited to be part of it. I'm excited for someone else. To be telling me what to do, I'll be honest. I'll be like, "Yeah, give me a thing to do. I'll do yeah. it." Yeah. Um, I know, I know what's in my wheelhouse, and I know what's not. But I'm, you know, like I'm excited to elevate it in whatever way I can, or you know, just be a foot soldier on on the on the fight for climate justice. You know, I think it's um, I'm grateful for that, and I think it's going to be impactful for a lot of people. 
Well, I think that's a great, you know, segue. And we're, we're coming up to the month of gratitude and just to be grateful that we can play a role. And that could be a wonderful little way to start this month as we explore that particular theme. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how that's going to unfold. Yeah. Well, we thank you all so much for joining us for this conversation today. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. What, what do you have something in your life that feels foundational? Are you still searching like many of us are? We'd love to hear from you about where you are in that journey of what matters most to you. Um, and so you can always find us at roundhillradio.org or at roundhillcommunitychurch.org and all the social medias. So thank you so much for listening. Roundhill Radio is brought to you by the friends and members of Roundhill Community Church. For more information, please visit roundhillradio.org. 